1: Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation.
0: And now, here's your nine fingered host, Dan Johnson. All right, here we go again. Happy Monday, everybody. I hope everybody out there had a great weekend. It was hot as hell here in Iowa. And, uh, I don't know where you're from, but if you know anything about summers in the Midwest, some can be really, really humid. And uh, this weekend was definitely one of those days where you walk outside and you just start sweating. It's so humid, gross. But uh, we had an awesome family gathering. We had our annual wild game feed. We ate wild turkey, wild deer, frog legs, uh, just a variety of fish. And uh, I think it was uh, pretty laid back this year Nothing too crazy I think a couple years ago we had Snapping Turtle And uh, that was uh, a unique taste, taste to it But uh, yeah, had a blast Had great time with the family Hopefully you guys got to go out and uh, spend some time with family And uh, I even fit in a trail camera check uh, Because the last time I checked my trail cameras I noticed that I, I had set my trail camera too high and it was while the deer, their heads were in the mineral station. I couldn't, I wasn't getting any pictures of them, so I'd get, I was getting a lot of backs to the uh, to the trail or to the pictures. So I dropped my trail camera down about six, seven inches, and uh, then uh, came home and checked them. And I have my first official shooter on trail camera that I uh, I'm pretty sure it's one of two deer that I've been chasing now. Um, I think he's going to be a 7 a 7-year-old this year. Uh, I named him Dork because I don't know I don't know why. I like naming my deer. Uh it's fun and it's just, you know, for conversation purposes, it's easy to identify. But yeah, had an absolute blast this weekend. Got my first uh first deer on trail camera so if you're listening to this go to go to the Nine Finger Chronicles Facebook page and you'll see a picture that I posted of it Um, and if you haven't already I uh, did a little short video last week of uh, a day out spending doing trail cameras so it's just something a little fun I put a little mini blog in with it so visit ninefingerchronicles.com and uh, yeah there's that well, today we have a, a really, really cool podcast again, and I don't know how many of you guys use decoys, but a guy that I've, I've met recently, and, and he did a Hunter Profile podcast with us uh, a while back. His name is Travis Glassman, and uh, Travis lives out in western Nebraska and does a lot of spot and stalk hunting, and uh, he sent me a message, and he's like, hey Dan, I want to review a product uh, called Heads Up Decoy. And it it really works well for me, and I use it on a majority of my hunts. So I'm like, hey, let's talk about it. So today, Travis is going to talk to us about Heads Up Decoy, and not just about the product itself, but also about how he uses it, a little strategy behind his uh, spot and stock uh, methods. So uh, you'll get to hear a little bit about that as well. But before we get into this podcast, Matt Klein from Exodus Trail Cameras is going to talk a little bit about... When it comes time to purchase a trail camera,
2: why should you consider Exodus? Well, the one thing I'd say is one, the fact that people are willing to give us their hard earned money. So, you know, our products in the $200 price point, frankly, that's a day of somebody's time. You know, we come from the construction industry, that's our background. It's a big deal to us that people are willing to spend their money on us. We want to show people that. When they buy Exodus, they're getting the best value on the market. Our five-year warranty um, and guarantee, our 90-day money-back guarantee, if you're not happy with your camera, you give us a call, we'll we'll totally take care of you. In fact, we'll pay the return shipping. Um, Our 50% off theft replacement policy, all of those things mean a lot. But the fact that we build our cameras to last, the fact that we build our cameras for guys that are chasing big, mature deer, not just... As novelty items like a lot of companies are building them, you know our products literally are our trade. That's our passion, what we do, what we love. And every single one that goes out, we test. We make sure that it, you're going to get a product that's working well. We make sure that you're going to get a product that's working for years to come and is going to assist you in everything that we love to do as hunters and as outdoorsmen. We're really excited that, uh, that, that people are considering Exodus.
0: If you guys want to find out more information about Exodus trail cameras, be sure to visit exodusoutdoorgear.com. Now let's get into the podcast with Travis Glassman and his review on Heads Up Decoys. All right. On the show with me for the second time, Mr. Travis Glassman. How's it going today, Travis?
1: I am doing well, Dan. How how about yourself?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We were just discussing uh, on the phone uh, before we started recording that uh summer's here, and it's a little hot outside,
1: it is definitely warm, yeah, Northwest Kansas has uh finally got the the first heat wave of I guess you would call summer, so we've been really mild the last month or so, and last week started hitting in the mid to upper nineties and today it's about ninety two I think so yep we are the summer is here it is
0: is it pretty hot? Uh, and humid in northwest kansas i mean i mean there's not a lot of trees to block any wind so is it windy as well it's
1: definitely more windy than the eastern part of the state we do not have many trees um i would say sorry about that i would say that the um humidity is a lot less we just you know luckily we're able to kind of the wind's able to blow through and and the the humidity is definitely a lot lower than some of the other parts of the state.
0: So. Okay, cool. All right. So today we're going to be talking about a product that uh, that you really like and and uh, you've seen success with. Uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us what this product is that uh, we're going to be talking about today?
1: Today, uh, I'd like to talk about the Heads Up Decoy. Um, it's a it's a decoy that's kind of a silhouette from basically the 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 front shoulders up on some of your big game animals and then there is also a tom turkey heads up decoy it's basically um it's it looks like the face of a tom turkey at full strut and then you can slide a fan in and uh that way you can you know do so-called fanning of turkey uh, as you've probably heard before so uh that that thing is is deadly if you can get a tom that's aggressive and you can get you know crawled in there on him and he is um you know protecting his flock and and maybe you can crawl in there somewhat close and get his attention and a lot of times i've seen him come right to you to to run off the subordinate tom so that's what you're you're acting like you are and it's it works really well uh, a lot of times
0: did you use one of those uh decoys this year i I know your wife uh shot a Shot a turkey this year? Did uh, were you using that decoy for that?
1: Um, my wife thought we did not. We went out for the the Kansas archery opener, which was I think April first or fourth. I think maybe um, we actually set up a double bull blind and and jumped in that. And and I just I called her in a a nice tom in the evening uh, on opening day. But I did actually uh, this is the first year I've got the heads up turkey. Um, and I did go out and, and do some hunts on my own and just by myself. And I just threw a GoPro on my head just to kind of try to capture what little I could. And I did get a Tom, uh, two different days in a row to come to it. Um, he was by himself and I found him out just in the middle of a pasture and I was, I was able to call to a couple of scrub cedars and, you know, get set up and start calling and he came and, uh, he ended up hanging up out there about 40 to 50 yards. So it would have been perfect for a shotgun. But, um, I, I just, with everything going on with the decoy attached to my bow and, and everything that was happening, I just didn't feel like taking the shot. Uh, but if, you know, I've seen them, uh, I've seen other people do it and I've, I've seen footage of the Tom's, you know, straight up coming into 20 yards, you know? So right. I was just waiting for him to commit. I was trying to play the patience game and, he ended up just kind of veering off, and I think what was happening—this happened to me several times this year. The turkey that I was, the turkey in the area that I hunt, you know, there must have been just a couple really mature, uh, dominant toms because most of the turkey that I were I was calling in were subordinate toms that just didn't feel like fighting. I mean, they they would they would gobble and they would come in and they would hang up out there about seventy-five yards, and then if they if you had any sort of tom decoy out like a, even a jake they were hesitant to come in and so i found that you know kind of too late that i probably would have been better off just to have a lone hen out there uh to where they would feel more comfortable coming into it without any having to have a confrontation you know right but uh other than that you know this was kind of the first time that i had messed around with the tom decoy um it it just i did see results i didn't see um, anything that was just, you know, coming into what my tail, but I know that it happens quite often, just depending on the timing of, of where they are in the breeding season.
0: Okay. So that's Turkey, but you've been doing the, uh, using the heads up decoy, I guess, more recently for your mule deer and your, your whitetail hunts, right?
1: Yes. Um, mostly mule deer. I, I just recently at the end of last season, got the whitetail buck decoy and I have not put it to use yet, but I do have a couple of buddies that have had great luck with that whitetail buck. And I will tell you that, you know, if you strap that thing onto your bow or if you have a buddy holding it, um, if you get a buck during the rut, that's, that's fired up and he's wanting to fight, you know, obviously you, you better watch out you better use caution um, they're going to come in and want to charge you. And, uh, obviously you want to get the shot off before then, or else drop, drop the decoy. But, um, I I know that they work exceptionally well, you know, once, once you have them convinced, they let their guard down, their ears go back and they're slobbering, spitting mad, and they're coming in. And, and I know that, uh, you know, they'll react to it just like they will a full body decoy standing out there. Um, so I know that a lot of the the guys up in Iowa probably use a full body decoy at times. And I will say, you know, the thing that I think that people need to, to to look at this decoy for is you have those days in the peak of the rut where the big bucks have already split their doe off away from every other deer and they're say maybe out in the middle of a CRP field or, you know, in a flat. I mean, how many times have you been sitting in your tree stand and you see, a big buck with a doe, and he's not leaving the right. middle of a field. Or, you know, I personally would get, you know, try to get a, a windier day and wait till the middle of the day and start crawling out there with the wind in your face, you know, and get out there within, you know, I, I guess your goal is to get inside his comfort zone or, you know, the zone that he, you know, that he's not wanting to tolerate any other bucks intruding. And, you know, try to get within a hundred yards at least or something like that and pop that thing up. Uh, You know, maybe have a grunt tube in your pocket and try to get his attention. As soon as, you know, he steps up and sees that there's another buck in his area, I would tend to say that most of the time he's going to come in and try to run you off and and you're going to get a shot. So um, I I feel like it's an amazing tool to be mobile, um, to get in there and, and do some midday hunting when most guys are, going back and getting lunch and uh i i just think it's people are missing the boat by not using it <laughs> so
0: so how long have you been using one of these heads up decoys
1: um i would
2: say this is
1: this coming up season will probably be my fourth or fifth season um i've mostly been using the mule deer doe decoy and i believe i'm not 100 percent sure that that was one of the first that came out um we have a lot of flat land out here so we do have a mix of mule deer and whitetail and we you know have the luxury of of buying a bow tag and getting to hunt either muleys or whitetails and so um, if you are out and about you know maybe checking cameras or you know something like that you see a mule deer buck bedded somewhere with a doe or by himself depending on the time of the year um, we've had good luck with crawling in and getting as close as you can, you know, on a stock and then popping that mule deer doe decoy up. Uh, I've known that it, it works really well toward the end of the, the rut where the, the bucks are starting to kind of, you know, split back off and be loners again. Um, if you can pop that decoy up and, and see that, uh, there's a lone buck out there, you know, he'll, he should be able to, you know, see you at some point and get his eye on you. And he'll probably be thinking that there's one last doe that he needs to sit check or something. Um, that's, that's happened to me a few times. I've shot, I shot a really nice, um, 190 inch muley probably three years ago. I had a buddy who, um, was helping me out, uh, running the decoy. And I was kind of in his back pocket and, and got an awesome shot at a really nice buck. And, uh, he's on my wall now. So yeah, I've, I've seen it work so well. Um, I've been both the shooter and the decoy person. If you can have the luxury of having a buddy and man, it's, it's amazing to watch it. And it's one of my favorite ways to hunt now. So, um, I, I just look for the opportunity to use the thing. So,
0: yeah. So, okay. Look, and now, before we get into how you use this, I want to talk a little bit about the company itself. What can you tell us about the company? Like, What's what's this product actually made of? Right, it's not it's not three D. It's two D. Right, so it's printed on the Correct. front. What's this product made out of? Where are they located? You know, tell us as much about the the product and the company as you can.
1: Okay, um, it is two dimensional. Um, it's it's built out of a small uh, oh, it's like a plastic tubing, and it's it basically is formed. Uh, you know, the skeleton is basically formed in the shape that needs to be, um, for the head and the neck. And then there is, you know, really high definition fabric that slides over that. And, you know, you can adjust a little bit of ear position. Uh, it also has a, in the bottom of it, where when you slide the fabric over this frame, uh, the bottom has Velcro to, you know, to attach the fabric to the bot around the bottom of the frame to, to make it, hole uh and you know a lot of times i velcro and hunting don't go together but in this case you just put the thing you know you, you put the fabric down over it you get everything you know set up on it and everything works great you know when you get uh the fabric attached around the frame and then it also has a hole to where you can slide uh like a handle it's like a plastic uh or carbon fiber handle up through a couple of different parts and it basically has full control of the decoy with only using one hand and then on that same handle you can take the kind of the spongy um handle or the the grip off of that of the carbon fiber tube that you slide up through and you can slide it into a bow mount as well and the bow mount that you can get um it, it can hang off of either side of your bow so it'll you know flip for a lefty or a righty Um, and then the other, the other thing that that handle will slide into is, uh, some sort of, it's a heavy duty clamp. It almost looks like a, like a jumper cable clamp. And you can use that to, um, attach it to a tree limb. If you're, you know, say on a field edge or something like that, and you want to, you know, just put that decoy on a field edge or something or around a tree to where he's, you know, looking out or just, just to get. A deer's attention. If you're wanting to be totally hands-free, is, is what it's for. Um, also, for antelope, you can attach it to a barbed wire fence, or uh, you know some of the yucca plants have some sticks sticking up out of them. You can attach a, a heads-up antelope for that. Um, but then that's about that's how I use it is is either sliding it into my bow mount or just sliding that little uh, kind of rubber handle on and and just running it by hand for somebody else or vice versa. So, um, and then where the company is out of is Hayes, Kansas. And it's, it's, uh, about, I would say roughly 150 miles or so, maybe a little less from the Kansas Colorado line on I-70. Um, a gentleman named Garrett Rowe is the, the founder of the company and he lives there in Hayes. Um, and his, his business is Smoky Hill hunting products. And, uh, but again, if you want to look up this decoy, it's headsupdecoy.com. Um, and then Garrett, I know him uh, personally, just, just because, you know, we're, we share the same passion and I ran into him a few times at some 3d shoots and, um, he's, he's just a really, really good, uh, honest individual who come up with an awesome idea and he absolutely loves the outdoors and bow hunting, just like all of us do. So it's really nice to see, uh, you know, him succeed and and come out with a product that actually works. So, yeah, I'm really excited for him and I'm glad that, uh, it's, it's working out for him. I just want to help him get the word out for it. So, um,
0: Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of good that, I don't know. There's something about if a product works, and then the people behind the product are personable, can relate to you and are just overall good people. It's almost like the product is better just because the people are better. I don't know if that makes, I mean, I, I know, I know a lot of people in the hunting industry, not saying that they're, you know, good or bad, but when, when a, when an owner of a product is just an overall good person in the, they're a smaller company. They're not owned by one of these giant, you know, corporations that owns like, you know, 10 or 15 different other companies, but you got the owner, he's done this his whole life. He's, you know, this is his baby. It just makes it a little bit sweeter. And if they're, if they're a nice and relatable individual on top, that's the, the, you know, that's cherry on top as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I would classify him as, as one of those guys. He's just a good old boy from out here in Kansas. And he just, loves what we do and in, in the outdoors and so I'm I'm really happy to to uh see that he's making a go of this thing. So yeah. Right.
0: Now, a question I have is, you know, when you're doing your spot and stalking with this thing, let's say there's only one one person, it, can you stick it in the ground to keep it up while you're either ranging or glassing cuz you got your bow in one hand or your gun in one hand or whatever, you know, your weapon in one hand, then you have to range and then you have to You know, maybe look at your binoculars or something like that. Can you stick it in the ground or does it always have to prop up against something or strap to something?
1: Well, I know the turkey, the stake can be slid or rotated vertically. So you can stick the turkey in the ground uh, in order to have your hands free. So that would be a good tactic to kind of have that stake vertical and crawl out toward a turkey or wherever you might want to be to set up, to start calling and stick that thing in the ground and then basically just sit down or, you know, kneel really low behind the thing. Um, but I, and you might have to talk to Garrett a little more about this if you have further detailed questions, but I'm pretty confident that some of the bigger, the big game decoys, um, they aren't made to be stuck in the ground. They are made to the handle kind of comes down at, Oh, almost like a, like a 30 degree angle or something to where it's, um, it's, it's able to slide into a bow mount and be up and to the left. It's what, how I do it is I slide it in my bow mount and it's, it's sticking up and to the left of like my bow sight. And so I'm a right-handed shooter. And so I'll clip, clip my release on and basically you you adjust the pivoting part of your of your bow mount to where that decoy is. You're basically hiding behind the decoy, right. and you adjust it to where um, you can just barely see through. You know, you, it's it's you, your sight picture is still clear to where you can see through your sight to shoot and everything. Right. But when you're when you're sitting out on the ground, you can just hold your bow out in front of you, or sit it on the ground, or whatever you want to do, and you're basically behind the decoy. And then as soon as you're at full draw, you're looking kind of off to the, the inside of the decoy, looking through your peep site and your your housing.
0: Right. Okay. So it's, so it either, I mean, it's made to attach to your bow or have somebody, uh, you know, somebody hold it.
1: Correct. Okay. Yeah, I would, the bigger, the big game animals, I, it works. To me, my preference again is, is to have a buddy who you can both crawl out there on your belly or, or, you know, depending on how tall the grass is, you know, you can close the distance as much as you can, use your your woodsmanship to get you as close as you possibly can, and then pop that thing up and, and w- either wait for the deer to stand up and see it on his own, or, you know, if you're hunting whitetail, you can just get some give some real light grunts or a doe bleed or whatever you want to do to get their attention. Now, I do know that if you crawl in there too close, it could you know, their reaction may not be favorable. You might want to, you know, keep your distance and kind of play the patience game and let them work to you.
0: Okay. So do you feel it would be better to, from a strategy standpoint? Okay. So you've spotted a, you spotted a a shooter, you know, whatever animal that you deem a shooter. What's the next step? I mean, are you, are you, obviously you're going to try to come in downwind of it, but Are you, what kind of terrain, you know, how are you using terrain? How are you, I know, I know out there it's really flat for you, but, you know, I guess walk us through, I know you've already mentioned a little bit about how you use it, but walk us through in detail a little bit more about maybe the strategy using it, you know, are you, you, do you have it up the entire stock or are you trying to get as close as humanly possible then pop it up but you also mentioned that you know you may not want to do that because they could act unfavorable towards it
1: right so uh, there's a couple dif- different circumstances that i've seen um, one i we had a mule deer buck bedded and we the deer could could see a long distance but we we found a ditch that was would kind of snake you know up somewhat close to this mule deer buck. And we knew that it wasn't going to be very favorable for us to get, uh, into bow range without using the decoy just because he could, he was in a perfect vantage point and he could see all around him. He had the wind at his back and he was looking downwind to where, you know, if we would come in from behind him, obviously he would smell us. So the only option it was to come in somewhat to the side of him and have a crosswind. And so a buddy and I crawled through kind of a a drainage ditch in a CRP field. And, you know, we we crawled and and closed the distance as much as we could. And in this case, it was only about a hundred yards. And then we were getting to the point where we were were gonna get exposed. Uh, And so that's when we kind of set up, you know, got in position to where we knew uh, the deer was gonna circle to our downwind side I I actually got downwind of him just a little bit. And so I knew that if the deer come downwind of the decoy, he would be right in my lap. And, uh, I will say one thing, if, you know, once they're locked onto that decoy and they're, you know, committed to it, it is crazy what you can get away with even a separate hunter off to the side. But I would, I usually like to be pretty close to the decoy just so, you know, you're kind of covered by it, I guess. Um, so in that case, you know, we were able to get within a hundred yards and I would recommend any other time, you know, um, trying to get as, as close as possible using, you know, a normal stocking strategy, you know, belly crawling or whatever you need, you know, with, you know, get the wind to where obviously the deer isn't going to ever be able to smell you unless the the wind just absolutely shifts directions. But, um, I, I personally like to get within, about 80 yards or so and then stop and then you know try to get get the attention of the deer or whatever it might be with the decoy um that way they can kind of stand up they see it from a distance they're curious and they want to get you know they want to come in toward it um there has been some cases where i've got within 40 or 50 yards and and it works just fine but i do know that you know I've, i've called in like almost too close to a whitetail buck bedded and he you know he has no idea just because it was a windy day or something and he has no idea that anybody or any deer is even close to him and so if he stands up and he sees something that has almost stuck on him even up even if it's a deer they they just don't react especially a whitetail they're just keyed up a little more you know um they just don't react that well, and he, they may trot off and, and kind of see the decoy and then come back, possibly. But for me, I personally like to stay back, you know, a hundred yards or eighty yards or so, and, and kind of let them make the move.
0: Okay. So, what kind of reactions? Should we expect to see, I want you to talk a little bit about the positive reaction when they see the decoy and then maybe a negative reaction when they see the decoy. I know you mentioned that, you know, something too close, but is there time, you know, I know a lot of it depends on what the deer's mood is in or the animal's mood, you know, whether they're fighting or, I mean, maybe talk a little bit about, do you use this product early season as well when maybe breeding isn't on the top of their mind? Um,
1: I have used it a little bit in September on a mule deer hunt and you can, I, a lot of times you're hunting like bachelor groups of bucks in that time. Uh, and I'm talking, like I said, mule deer out in Wyoming is, is what I've done. Um, they don't, at that time, they aren't necessarily curious enough to really come in and seek you out. Um, one thing that I, that I've had good luck with is popping that thing up or having it on my bow, um, whenever I'm in there close in bow range, like I've I've already stuck in, I've made my stock, I'm waiting for a deer to stand up and and present me a shot. Um, one time that I've known that it works really well is if there's like five or six bucks in a group, they'll, you know, a lot of times, you know, they'll stand up in the middle of the day or, and they'll stretch and, and reposition Due to the sun and try to get in the shade or change beds or whatever it might be, well, nine times out of ten, it's not the the buck that you're wanting to shoot. You know, you picked out the shooter that you want to shoot in the group, and that you know one of the smaller bucks will stand up and and if he if he stands up and you're sitting there without a decoy, you know, if, if you're not hidden that well, he'll look at you and and he'll he'll blow out, and then of course the rest of the herd's going to go with it, and so. One thing that I found that's useful is if I have that decoy on my bow, it allows that deer to stand up, see another deer, and, you know, you have a chance of him being comfortable enough because he sees another deer and not a human. And so that way, even if he's curious and he's, you know, maybe taking a few steps toward you and he's alert and he's he's really um, curious, it will usually the other deer will sense that and it will usually get all the other deer to stand up and look in his, in in my direction as well. And so they're based, now you've got all their curiosity and you have a little better opportunity to get a shot as opposed to, you know, a deer standing up and seeing a blob that looks like a human sitting there. So that's one, one instance where I've, I've felt that it's really helped me out. Um, But for the most part, this decoy is going to be used in and around the breeding season. No matter if it's turkey, uh, antelope, deer, elk, moose, whatever you want to do, wherever you're wanting to use. So um, it works best at that time. Not saying that a deer won't come to it any other time of the year because it's very possible that they will. But I do know that, you know, a mule deer, if he sees a lone doe in that decoy, he's going to be curious a lot of times. Even if he has a herd already, he's going to think, you know what? there's a doe over here that has strayed away from the herd and they act a lot like bull elk, a mule deer will, especially out here in the flats. They'll keep their herd together. And a lot of times I've had a a mule deer buck round up the does that are around him and push the whole herd to the decoy because he thinks that there's a lone decoy or a lone doe that has, you know, split off or has gotten lost or whatever it might be. And it, it, it's just amazing to watch a mule deer buck push around his herd, and uh, it, it just—it's magical if if everything's right. So I would just recommend, you know, get out there and play with it, and and make sure the wind's in your favor, and just you know, make sure that that decoy is all they can see, and uh, and you'll be amazed at what happens.
0: Okay. Now to allow, you know to talk just a little bit about strategy. Um, cause I know you do a lot of spot and stock hunting, but sure. tell us, you know, maybe give some pointers to the listeners. They say, okay, I'm going to, I got this decoy now. Um, and maybe not just about how to use the decoy, but how to, you know, what are some things that you should always remember to do? I mean, basically what I want to know is learn from, we want to learn from your failures. So, you know, maybe give us some tips on, you know, how you've been successful or maybe some times that you failed and what you've learned from those failures.
1: Okay. Um, I've got, I've tried to be very aggressive and I've tried to be, very- uh you know calm and and patient um, i've especially with the turkey that I found the few times that I've used it this year you know i was I just wanted to you know test my limits I didn't know how they'd react to it um, i I just grabbed the thing and I put it on the front of my bow and I basically just crawled on my hands and knees to a flock out in the middle of a pasture you know they could see me coming um one thing that they will do, uh, and it's it's—I don't know if it's the hen's reaction being the lead hen or if it's the tom's reaction. Most of the time, it's the lead hen. They will see another tom coming to their flock, and since they already have their flock established and the pecking order has already been established, that lead hen will a lot of times lead that flock away from you, and the the reason being is you know, she's already found the Tom that she wants to breed her. And if she sees another Tom coming, a lot of times they'll, she'll just lead him away. And you've seen it a lot of times, you know, the the lead hen has a lot to say about where that flock goes, what they do. The Tom just sits that back there in full strut and just watches the show, you know, and it's, it's hard because unless that Tom is just fired up mad, you know, if you can get close enough to, and you have a dominant enough Tom to to make him mad, Sometimes he will, you know, split himself off of the flock to run you off, and at that time you'll get a shot. Otherwise, if he's just kind of more, you know, content with where he's at and he knows he's got his hens, then he's just going to hang out and he's not going to do anything and he's just going to follow that lead hen. And a lot of times she'll lead him away. So that's that's one instance where I've I haven't succeeded because I I just wanted to see how they would react. I was just kind of testing them, really. Um, I think a lot of times if you find you know, in the middle of the day when those toms split off, um, if you can if you can kind of have a mouth call in your mouth and, and get, you know, close the distance on a lone tom or maybe a, a pair of toms or something, you know, yelp like there's a hen there, but present that decoy like you're a full strut decoy or a tom, and uh, they might be intrigued enough to know, hey, you know, there's a hen over there and there's a tom, but let's just go over there and see if, you know, we can whoop this Tom or whatever they're thinking. I don't know. But, um, so I, I, as far as the misfortunes, I haven't had a lot of bad luck. It's either, it's either they're not interested and they just kind of go about their normal, you know, routine. Um, or they're just going to come in and and investigate and they're just curious. Um, so I, I, I've never really had a, a decoy spook, or an animal spook at the decoy, I've always had really good luck with, you know, if they stand up and they see it and they're just not interested, they'll just, you know, maybe work away or then you can back out, reposition and try it again or, um, you know, try to head them off or just make a stock without the decoy or whatever it might be. So, you know, the good thing about the decoy is I've never had it just totally ruin a hunt or anything. I mean, they, they just either are interested or not.
0: So have you ever had an instance where maybe they, you had, you had your decoy up and for some reason they spooked, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a, Oh my God, there's a human type of spook. And then maybe you were, you were able to, to reposition and make another stock because they had calmed down because they did see that it was only just a decoy.
1: I have not experienced that at all. Um, like I said, you know, I the reason why I mentioned earlier about getting too close and then maybe standing up and seeing the decoy and, and being like, you know, freaking out because it was just too close and they just didn't realize that an animal was that close to them. Um, is just because I, I'm i pretty sure that that could happen. Um, I've, I've personally gotten, you know, I've personally crawled in on a deer, a, a whitetail on the CRP or whatever kind of deer it might be. And I've gotten, you know almost too close because it was a, it was a windy day and, you know, they couldn't hear me and I was able to get within 20 yards or 15 yards or whatever it might be. Well, I would, you know, you you sit there and you hope that you can get them to stand up and you can be at full draw and make the shot, you know, fairly quick and, and lethal. But uh, most of the time when you're inside that, you know, 30 yard range, if you're 30 or in, It just seems like they stand up and they see something that's not normal and they, they like make a hundred yard bolt and then they'll stop and look back because they don't know what just happened. And so that's the only reason why I mentioned that about the decoy being too close. They may react just fine to it, you know, and you may talk to Garrett or you may talk to somebody else that has had great luck getting super close uh, and and just have that thing sitting there waiting for the deer to stand up. Um, But me personally, I like just to kind of ease into the situation, present it at a hundred or 80 or whatever it might be, and then let them make the move. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't.
0: Gotcha. Well, there's that, but, you know, I, do you have anything else to say about the company? I mean, are, do you know if the products are made in America? Um, do you know if the product, you know, anything else about the actual products or the company that you'd like to share with us?
1: I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, I, I do know that that Garrett puts the frames together. I'm pretty sure he does that all by himself. Um, I'm not sure where he actually sends the fabric to be printed. Um, so, um, it resembles, everybody's probably seen like the two dimensional, like Montana decoys that are the full bodies. Right. Um, it, it's somewhat, I think it's the same type of fabric and then it's, it's just printed on. And so, this is just the more mobile version of that. And, and it's just, uh, to me, um, it's just a lot easier to, to maneuver and spot and stock with
0: right. by long shot. So. Okay. Well, Hey Travis, I appreciate you coming on the show again and for uh, taking the time to tell us about Heads Up Decoy. You bet, Dan. I'm glad to do it. And there you have it. Another podcast in the books. Thanks, Travis, for coming on the show, talking about the decoys. If you guys want to find more information about Heads Up Decoy, go to Google and type in Heads Up Decoys, and it'll take you right to their page. Pretty cut and dry. Uh, Also, huge shout-out to you guys for listening, as always. Um, Really big shout-out to Exodus Trail Cameras, like I said. Now's the time to start getting your trail cameras out. If you guys want a really good trail camera you should consider exodus trail cameras also uh if you are going to purchase an exodus Exodus trail camera online enter the code nine fingers that's the number nine followed by the word fingers no spaces and uh, you'll get twenty dollars off your purchase other than that thank you guys again for tuning in thanks travis thanks to exodus trail cameras And I hope everybody has a great Monday, a great rest of your week. And uh, remember, the next time that you're in a tree stand, remember, wear your damn safety harness.